Hello everyone and welcome to another video here on the Cycling Dane Extra channel and today we're talking about the well one of the first videos about the Tour de France. As always I'm joined by Mr. Gregor himself Ewan Wilson and Ewan yeah the the big question we're going to try and answer here today Jonas Vingegaard is he the big favorite for the 2023 edition and uh, I mean we've had a lot of data if you will about what's happening in the season and yeah what have you thought about his season so far? The heavy question indeed almost sinking question right now and all of our conscience but it's looking like Jonas Vingo is in a very good position right now this year he started four stage races he's won three of them the only one he lost was to Tadej Pogacar but he dominated the other three from Gran Camino to the Tour of the Basque Country then to Dauphiné he looked unstoppable there his recent form in the Dauphiné in particular was nothing short of spectacular winning a one-week-long stage race with a two-and-a-half-minute buffer. I mean, almost unheard of in, in professional cycling these days. Dare I say, Merxian almost. But uh, Jonas Vingegaard definitely lo looking like he's bouncing towards a uh, super strong form in, into the Tour de France this year. This is the most dominant we've seen him over the past two years in his preparation for the past two Tours de France, of which he podiumed both. So I'm very favorable towards his chances this summer, especially without the sort of leadership dilemma going into this. There's no Roglic shared leadership or uncertainty there. Jonas will have full control of that squad from day one in Bilbao. So for the time being, his form is looking exceptional. Well, I'm going to try and play the devil's advocate in this whole episode. Uh, so it's not just fanboying, but yeah, the result toward Basque country it wasn't the best opposition like equally criterium de Dauphiné I wouldn't say uh well we've talked about Jad Hindley and Adam Yates they aren't Grand Tour winners and Adam Yates is going to be serving a job for Tadej Gacha Ben O'Connor he's hoping for the podium uh, like Jad Hindley he's not exactly Tour de France winner caliber right now he might prove me wrong there's no Tadej Gacha in there there was no Remco Venepol etc that's the thing with these races it's so hard to com to compare and contrast because they're not going head to head it's almost like you know when you put magnets next to each other and they like refuse to come together it's almost like like we're getting that over the past couple seasons where we we don't get Pogacar versus Vigo until the Tour de France. We saw it at Paris-Nice this year, but that was, what, three months ago now. They're in very, very different places. Physically, Pogacar was really looking towards hitting the ground running in the Aldenaise and also at uh, Ronde van Vlaanderen. He did that with, with flying colours. And Vigo was looking to sort of sustain and sort of build, build, build up to, to this point in late June into July. So... I think it's difficult to compare the performances at Dauphiné, even though Pogacar looked super dominant there. But I understand it's it's hard to sort of draw huge conclusions from these performances because Adam Yates came second in Dauphiné, who's going to be riding as probably Pogacar's number two or number three domestique. So it seems like we're just going to have this huge echelon and bracket between sort of Pogacar, Vingo, and probably their A-list teammates and Kelderman and Kuss and Yates and Micah maybe, then down to everybody else fighting for third place. The third place battle is going to be great this summer. There's such a stratification of these GC riders right now. And I mean, Vingo definitely looks good, but it's so hard to tell without Pogacar right there. If anything, the signs of that Pogacar will be good because his teammates are riding well. If we're, if we're trying to sniff into this, Yates finishing second to Dauphiné, the whole UAE squad wrote a brilliant time trial there. UAE have upped their time trialing game this year. We we saw that we've seen that at Rom Romandie and 
Tour de Suisse as well recently, where Juan Ayuso performed incredibly highly. Uh, Jumbo Visma, I would say, have been underwhelming this year in time trials. Maybe there's something that they've done with their development in, in the, the bike and so forth that's just holding them back a little bit, whilst UAE have really uh, pushed their boundaries. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell right now, but with Vingegaard, anything's really possible, particularly with, with Pogaccio right there. You talking about bike development. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not in the like same boat here. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. And while well, you even said in the Echelon Cycling Podcast that we might that third place might be taken up by a Yombo or a, or a UAE rider. But I mean, okay, we kind of covered his form, what's happening in 2023, et cetera, et cetera. That in crazy dominant, Dauphiné, as you said as well, one of the, like, I think it was the biggest gap in 30 years or something crazy. And where cycling is right now as well, it was so crazy. But nevertheless, uh, we're going to try and get some structure to this video. But the route, that's the next thing I kind of want to look at. Because last year, they had a lot of trouble, we know, in the early stages with the cobble stage, etc. And that's why we really saw Tadab Gacha show his this incredible all-roundness he has as a rider. But with that kind of taken out of picture, yeah, and you've spoken about these rolling stages. He's very good as well. Tadogacha, we haven't really seen Jonas Bingo that much. Yeah, the drone classic, but it wasn't a stacked field there. Uh, and that was also a few years ago. But like, yeah, what do you think? There's the huge stages like the Col de la Loz stage. There's, yeah. How do you think the route suits a Jumbo Visma? And we'll go on to the team. I think it's going to be hard for Jumbo Visma to control this race throughout its entirety, given that there are so many sort of commas and semicolons and whatever you want to want to call them throughout the race. We have mountains in the first week of racing. We cross the Pyrenees um, on stage five and six, I believe. Then we have Puy de Dame at the end of the week. We go into the second week. We have Grand Colombier on 14 juillet. Then we go straight into the Alps. And we have that difficult final couple of days in the Alps before heading to the Vosges for the final road stage. It's going to be tough for them to control this if Jonas were to get the yellow jersey very early on. I think both teams, UAE and the Umber Visma, will have to be very conscious of this. Maybe they'll let a breakaway go and get the yellow jersey briefly in that first week of racing after, for instance, that stage two La Reims that comes in the first week, just so they can alleviate the pressure of controlling this race from potentially beginning to end. The route for Jonas, I, th I think, I mean, any route for Jonas and Pogacar will suit them. They're... It's hard to sort of point flaws in either of their skill set. Yes, I think Pogac is better at these sort of punchy final climbs, which we have in this Tour de France, for instance, even stage one. We have it there. We also have a couple of stages deep into, into the race where that could suit sort of Pogacar's classic mindset a little bit more in his skill set. But we saw the Dauphiné, even that stage into Bastille in Grenoble, Jonas was sort of gapping at every other GC contender on what was a sort of 15, what, 10, 15% ramp in the final two kilometers. So he can do super steep over a short amount of time. He's not just this guy who sort of pounces in these alpine climbs. He, he is more all round maybe than we give him credit for. So any route will favor both riders, but I think it will be very tough for Jumbo Visma to completely control this race. Have they brought too many rulers in, in Van Bala, in Nath and Van Hoydonk, in Laporte and Wout van Aert? Potentially, this is half of the team. Yes, they can all climb fairly well, but they are very sort of flat related. We're not really going to windy France, if you will. Maybe the stage to Bayonne could be ripped up by wind, but I think it's so early on where that 
likelihood might might be gone after a couple of tense days of racing I, I think maybe the advantage is potentially on UAE's half in terms of the team and controlling this race particularly in the mountains to try to crack Yumbo Visma who have seemed so imperious over the past couple of years I mean that's quite a neat low segue into the team and uh, yeah we're obviously not going to get any Primoz Roglic there was that conference was it in Slovenia I think it was in Slovenia and uh, yeah, winning the Giro d'Italia, obviously, but he was such a pivotal part of Jonas Vingegaard breaking down. They even said it in the Netflix series. It was like, you can't beat Tad Wigacha on your own. You need a team. And I mean, yes, Wilco Kilderman is in the team now, Van Baal, etc. But yeah, do you think this team is stronger than last year or not? Difficult question. I think Roglic provided something really unique in that team. If he was 100% there, I think it would have been a really interesting dynamic. This year, I think it's a different setup, given that we only have one sort of spear of attack here with Jonas Vingegaard. That opens things up, particularly with a sort of hierarchy of where the riders are going to be sitting. I think Kelderman is going to be a key asset. We've been saying it since last year's transfer talk on the on the subject of Kelderman moving over to this squad. If he's on sort of full fitness, this could be lethal. He could be the guy who could break Bogaccia this year. We also have Sepp Kuss, who's been brilliant, but how is he feeling after a heavy Giro d'Italia, particularly backloaded Giro d'Italia for him? Then looking down, we, we lost Kreiswijk, so we sub substitute in other riders, and then we sort of move towards Tishpenot. Yes, he's strong, but is he going to be there on a Col de la Loz in the final five kilometers? I doubt it. Whereas UAE have plenty of guys who don't have that ruler fit, but they have great sort of climbing legs. I'm thinking of your Adam Yates, your Rafa Mikers, your George Bennett's, your Domen Novaks, your Marc Solers. All five of those guys can climb better than than, than Tish Benoit, maybe even than sort of some of that some of Yumbo's A-list uh, climbers. Th these are top-tier mountain helpers who have been so well drilled. They've been sort of training and camping together all year round, preparing for the Tour de France. The morale is high. I think UAE have probably the stronger mountain squad this year, and I'm really intrigued to see what, what they're going to bring themselves. We saw a little bit of a glimpse of it last year at La Planche de Belfi, where the team were in full force, really ripping up that race and challenging Yumbo Visma, who seemed sort of powerless on that final uh, drag to the line on La Planche. But this year, it's looking like UAE will have the upper hand on Yumbo Visma, who have tried to replicate last year's team, but last year's team was very unique for that situation of sort of being there on, on the flat stages, helping Wout get stage wins, all this kind of the green jersey battle as well. Whereas this year, I think it's going to be advantage UAE. And also don't forget, last year UAE was stripped. They only had half the squad there. So this year, if we're going to see them in full flight, this could be dramatic. You make a really good point there. Uh, I just... Also, with the addition of Adam Yates, which we we've mentioned so many times, like Ineos letting him go was just a disaster for everyone else. And this is the guy who's finished top four in the tour before, and he's he's incredible. Like big fan of Adam Yates, but yeah, it it really does seem like Yombo are a lot weaker. Well, they are a bit weaker maybe without Roglic, but then UAE are a lot stronger. Yeah, and also thinking, yeah, I mean, I 100% agree, but also looking back on, remember the 2021 Young Business squad where it was the whole plan B thing, they lost half the squad, then they came back fighting the year after. I think we have to sort of relate that to UAE here where UAE were, were really good in 2021, if you recall, Micah really controlling things. They had Brandon McNulty, Michael Biel, all these guys doing a really good job. 
And then in 2022, they were just decimated and had nobody left, really. Even McNulty was, was still pretty A-list in that race. But it was hard for them to, to sort of fight for it if, if, because they had like five riders by the time they got to Paris. So this year, if they, if they have all their riders towards the end, I think UAE could be pivotal. And I really think they could change the atmosphere of this race, the ambiance in that final week of racing, maybe from Grand Colombier onwards, where... So the advantage shifts towards Pogacar, particularly looking towards that final day in the Vosges where the team support could be really, really pivotal. If Jumbo Visma switch off or if they sort of, these rulers, they sort of peel back, then I really think UAE could crack them on that final mountain stage to Markstein. I mean, we can't finish this video without doing a pre-race prediction. Of course, we're going to do one over in the preview show, but uh, Ewan... Do you think Jonas Vingegaard is going to win the Tour de France this year? Yes or no? Uh, I I think he could. That that's not that's not on the I, table. I'm so okay. I'm like sixty forty on this one. I think sixty percent of me says Pogacar, forty percent of me says Vingegaard. I'll give it in. I'll, I'll give my answer in percentages. That's it. So I think Pogacar will win, but I think Vingegaard's got a really good chance of doing so as well. Yeah, it's that wrist and the lack of competitive racing. But I mean, I didn't. I last year I said Vingor wasn't going to win, and he won. So I'm going to go that logic again, and hopefully it works this time. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, that's basically it for our video here, or a short discussion here on Jonas Vingor here on the cycling dane extra channel or on the cycling dane podcast but uh yeah as always thank you for watching comment down below what you think and hit the like button and of course as always we will see you around